In this episode, we're going to dive into being in a relationship with a dyslexic. You know, we've got a download on truthaboutdyslexia.com that has a few pointers about what it's like. Uh, But I want to talk to you from my own perspective on how it's affected uh, my partner and how we've kind of gotten through it. Okay, guys, welcome back. So today we're going to jump into a episode that's directed at the partners of dyslexics. Whether you're male or female and your partner's male or female, um, you know, this might be a great one to share with them if you haven't shared this podcast before, because I actually think it's really valuable uh, to, if you're a partner listening to it, share it with your dyslexic partner. If you're a dyslexic, share this with your uh, your non-dyslexic partner, or surprise, you might both be dyslexic, <laughs> and uh, I've seen that happen more than people think. Um, so what I wanted to share was, I've, I've, over the years, I've been in relationships, not a huge amount, to be honest. I've probably had three, including the current one, major relationships, and then I've had a bunch of, let's call them short-term relationships, um, as, as society allows these days. Um, and, and what I've kind of learned over the longer ones is nine times out of ten, I was the problem. And I didn't always realize I was the problem, but the way my mind worked created a problem. Um, some of the ways that that happened is, one was overthinking. It's very easy as a dyslexic to overthink things. And being when you're, when you're starting out and you don't know much about dyslexia, you're unaware, you're really unaware of what's happening. Um, and you're unaware that dyslexia is a potentially a cause of it, but uh, your mind is so powerful. Um, like, you know, this is where I say dyslexia is a gift. It's not a, not a, a, not a, a bad thing because your, your brain is like um, an Apple computer versus a PC. PCs just aren't great. Macs are fantastic. Your brain is a Mac. It can do some amazing things. It's very graphical orientated. But at the same point, if you don't know how to use it, um, and we're not taught how to use it, it can cause challenges. So in relationships, I'd overthink things to an nth degree, to a ridiculous degree, um, and that was hard. And with overthinking comes disorientation. And I haven't spoken about this in a podcast for a while, but the ability to create false scenarios. Everyone does it, and you hear all these stories of she woke up from a dream and got angry um, at me for doing something I hadn't done. That is a disorientation of sorts in the fact that something that hasn't happened has been created, but all the emotional drive behind it is there, so you react in, in reality on it. Dyslexics can have that happen 20, 30, 50, 100 times a day. Uh, and you can imagine how tiring that is and how hard it is to separate reality from not reality. And so that does affect relationships. Um, and it's something you've got to be really aware of if you are in a relationship with a dyslexic because that will happen. Um, and the only way to stop it, in my opinion, and I don't think it'll ever stop, it's more like cleaning the house. You know, you can't just clean it once and it's clean forever. If someone invents that, please tell me. But um, you want to actually be able to, you have to actually be continuously aware of it. Um, and that awareness has helped me massively, that awareness of what a disorientation is. When I'm fighting the gardener in my head, um, I realize it's in my head, which is a huge step. <laughs> and so I can actually kind of go through the wave. Now, it doesn't always, there's, there's another podcast I've got brewing at the moment, and I'll talk about a couple of things I'm struggling to deal with, even with awareness. But um, 
when it comes to relationships, that can be really challenging for the partner. The other side of it as well is, um, and, and this listener alluded to it well, was around um, finding the right time to talk to your partner. Um, it's like we, we're kind of, there, in my opinion, and I, I can't seem to find the, 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 the actual statistics or the figures, is I think there is a very, there is something that's going to come out in the future that really links ADHD and dyslexia down the middle. Um, now, I personally am not hyperactive um, at all. So it may be ADD, and I don't understand ADD enough, but I'm definitely not ADHD. But the, the similarities of ADD and dyslexia and the way your mind works, um, there are some similar traits. So for example, I'm either, if you imagine a TV show, there's either one channel I'm completely focused on, or my brain is flicking between 30 different channels because it hasn't found one. It's usually when I'm bored. But if I'm stuck on one channel um, and someone interrupts me on that channel, it can really throw out um, my space so I can overreact. Now, since I've grown this awareness around it, that has happened a lot less. I actually could say I haven't had one of those, I'd call it an outburst, in three to four months realistically in the same way. Now, that doesn't mean that my partner doesn't frustrate me because she does. She's, she's female. Sorry to abuse. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, she, you know, male, female will annoy each other. But, um, you know, I'm not saying that I don't get annoyed, but I don't have these outbursts. Like I, I think I've mentioned it before when I'm watching, when I was watching or playing a video game and she would purposefully, I thought at least, walk past the television at a real crucial moment. She may not have known it was crucial, but it was crucial. It, I would just literally shout at her. I'd just get angry. It was literally like a weird reaction. Um, I meant it because I was angry, but uh, I probably shouldn't have reacted quite that way. Um, and it wasn't helpful, and then I'd sit and overthink it, and I just don't do that anymore, which is a really important thing. Um, and it's all come from awareness. But, um, and, and, but what I'm trying to get at is in relationships, it's really, really challenging to, to deal with these problems that are arising if you are the dyslexic partner. And, and you know, if you were going to ask me what are the three things I would recommend, one is getting, is getting awareness. And it doesn't come from reading. It comes from potentially watching videos together. Um, but more than anything, if your dyslexic partner is not aware, you need to get them in front of a coach or someone who knows more than them um, and say, you know, you should just pick this person's brain. Maybe they've got a few solutions you can apply yourself. You know, make them think that you're just, it's just a seed. Because the thing is, once a dyslexic picks up on something and they think they have found it, you know, you'll be surprised at how far they run with it. They're very good at executing things is what I find. They're very good. If they really want something passionately, you will find an execution machine at getting it done, however simple it is. So you just want to get them in front of a coach. Even if it takes a few times, don't, don't give up. It took me 10 times to go in front of the coach. Um, I use and work with now Vanessa, who's amazing. Um, so, you know, she's been fantastic, but it took my dad reminding me five times over two months it took her messaging me five times to start the first call and it started with a call and then it went to a longer meeting and after a couple of hours with Vanessa I was like wow this is this is a game changer this is a no-brainer to do <clears throat> and it's taken me on a really good journey so that's a 
The program with that is called Davis Dyslexia, and I'll, just, I'll finish off talking a little bit about Ron's story. I may have mentioned this in the past, and um, but but I think it's worth sharing again. So Ron Ron Davis was, as far as I'm aware, he's autistic. So he started all this process around autism, but autism is the far far scale of dyslexia. Uh, Asperger's, it's all in one big scale, but uh, dyslexia is a bit further down. It's usually the one people miss because it's not quite as, um, a, it's not as obvious. But this guy was um, autistic. Now, I may get some of these figures wrong, but when he, was, when he was young, when he was a boy, he used to get hit by his father. And his challenge was is that his father would say something to him, but he didn't quite get it. He didn't quite understand um, because one of the one of the challenges we all have, autistic or dyslexic, is cause and effect. We don't always understand cause and effect of what caused what, what affected the other thing. It's why sometimes we may have a big goal, but we just can't get to it because the cause and effect factor isn't working. And so Ron, what he worked out to do is he actually started claying out um, him getting hit in, in clay models. And then he clayed out, what did he do before he got hit? And after some time, he worked out, okay, that's what I did, led to me getting hit. What if I didn't do that? And he did it, and he'd stopped getting hit. And that, oddly, was a huge step in his uh, life. And by the age of 32, he couldn't read all his life until the age of 32, taught himself to read a full book, and he could read. So he's, he's, he's basically uh, built a course around what he's taught himself, a bit of a structure that helps um, autistic people amazingly, which is even more challenging. But it also, a lot of it applies to dyslexia. Now, he, he's got a couple of coaching courses, and there are coaches all around the world under Davis Dyslexia, or as I say, Davis Autism, and then there's an offshoot of dyslexia. So you can definitely Google it. If you're, if you're anywhere near New Zealand, Vanessa at remarkableminds.co.nz is awesome. Um... She's really brilliant, and she's more probably more than happy to pass you on to the right person as well. Um, but the coaching, you know, th this guy's done a great job. Um, and, and what I, they do a few courses. One of them is around getting better with words. One of them is getting better with numbers, which is what people naturally think of dyslexia as. But what I did was, in the grand scheme of it, I know I'm shite with um with words, and I can use technology to fix that a bit. What I struggle with is a program that they call Life Concepts. Um, and this is in my, if, if I'm gonna finish this off with a big bang, this is the biggest challenge with relationships for dyslexics, any relationship, um, like a, a personal love relationship or a business relationship, etc., is we don't understand the meaning of really important words. So, you know, words like love, like, you know, some of these words we may have our own interpretation of that we think is right, but it doesn't mean that it is right, and it doesn't mean we always identify with it the same way our partners do. Same thing around words like values, words that don't have a physical presence. Like, we'll agree with you what a table is, what a painting is, what a air conditioner or a television is, because they're physical, we can imagine and see them. What we really struggle with is words like responsibility, uh, want, need, love, all these words. So when you're in a relationship and you're trying to deal with complex problems and you're speaking a different language, you're going to have relationship issues. Um, so when I, when I did life concepts with my coach, it, it took eight months. It was a long process, but it was valuable. And uh, you can do it shorter than that. 
Um, but it, it's honestly changed my life. It's really got me looking in the right direction. Um, and it's really helped my relationship. I'm a lot less erratic. By no means am I not erratic. I'm still myself. But um, I'm aware of it now. And I understand why I'm doing things. And that has built a lot of, um, it's built a lot of calm back into the relationship. And it means like between the troughs, you know, and there are always going to be ups and downs. And it's something to be very aware of with dyslexia is that you've got to be in for the long run and you've got to realize it's, you know, dyslexics can be the best people to be with and they can sometimes feel like they're the worst people to be with. You know, um, when me and my partner are on song, we're amazing. You know, we have some great times, better than average couples. But then we also, you know, we traveled Europe together for, for a month and a bit through the Greek islands, and it was awesome. But then there are other days where it's the absolute opposite, where we just don't want to do anything, we just want to hide away. Um, so yeah, just, that's, I guess, I know that's a bit of a, a mixed view of relationships and dyslexia. It's quite a long podcast for me, but I thought it was valuable. I wanted to share it with one of the listeners that um, was struggling with it at the moment, and if you need anything else or anyone needs anything, just flick me an email at truthaboutdyslexia.com. Um, I, I'm more than happy to answer questions. I'm more than happy to do podcasts on what listeners want to hear. So um, have a great rest of your week and I'll try and keep the podcast coming.